Hello. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of, well, it's Movie Club. Yeah, you probably looked at the title, saw Movie Club, but then you clicked it and thought, huh, yep, as promised, these three dirty, rotten scoundrels. But no, that's the name of the movie. Mm. Nobody would ever say that about me. (laughs) I'm not a dirty, rotten scoundrel. I am a prince from a faraway land, and I need you to watch this video to save my people. <laughs> Just kidding. It's a scam. Scam. We tricked, we pranked you. That's basically the premise of today's movie. Yeah. yeah I don't like everything. pranks, so I'll just say up front. Yeah. Mm. Not, not a fan. Fair enough. Uh, on today's episode of Movie Club, we're watching, we did watch the classic film, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. This is a movie that I saw, I've seen once. It was on an airplane, and I didn't feel like I really like watched it. You know, it was kind of like I'm like in and out, yeah. falling asleep for a second. But I was like, well, I like Steve Martin a lot. There's something about watching 80s comedies movies on a plane that is my jam. That is, that, I, that is I will agree with you, that is a comfort food film hmm. situation. Most of these like 80s movies, even like, um, uh, was it Meatballs? Yeah, with us, Bill Murray or Strike. You know, all, yeah. all I don't know. That's why I watch all those eighty movies. I've never seen it before. This is one of them. Uh, never saw it, but I always loved the title. I thought this is one of the best titles <laughs> of a movie. Fucking great. Um, so you were sold. I was sold just on the title. Uh, but anyway, so I thought it'd be a fun movie to pick for Movie Club this week. So I don't know if you guys have seen it before or not. Uh, you know, ironically, uh, when the pandemic started, I want to give a shout out. One of my favorite like film labels or whatever is Shout Factory. Like they, That company puts out so many obscure movies and does really fancy Blu-rays for even like the dumbest movies. In a good way. I mean, I think it's like great that someone's preserving all that. But anyway... They did a big sale, and I wanted to support them, and I bought about five Steve Martin movies I'd never seen. I'd never seen The Jerk. I'd never seen this, and then a few others. But uh, So I had a great time going through the Steve Martin library. Nice. Nice. So this this will eternally remind me of the pandemic. Um, Well, I had never seen this movie before, so I went in cold. Thank you for suggesting it, Sean. I'm not a Steve Martin fan. I frankly don't understand the Steve Martin hype. Really? I'll be real. Hey, do you side with me out there? I hate Steve Martin. You hate I'll Steve Martin? I've never I'll, heard I'll that think before. Steve, I think Steve Martin, his movies suck. So wow. I've never I heard that before. I don't understand why people idolize Steve Martin. Do, do, am I in another dimension Derek. where Steve Martin is somehow funny? Am I seeing the same bit that oh, no. Steve Martin does these bits and people say, yeah, he's a famous comedian. And I'm like, where's the comedy? The guy put like an arrow prop on his head and played a banjo. That's this is yeah, the legendary I comedian. I can't comment on his stand up, but I like the movies he's been in. Uh, and what, the movies. You know. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Of, what's like his biggest movie? When I was a kid, I would get him confused with Leslie Nielsen because yeah. they the white you hair. You know, yeah, just the white hair. Yeah. Uh, I, I think pre- I did too. I, I prefer Leslie Nielsen. Give me Whoa. a Naked Gun movie over uh, Steve. Uh, like this is a big movie of his, but what else is like a huge Steve Martin movie? Uh, Three Amigos, Three Amigos. Uh, The Jerk. Um, I've seen The Jerk. And the Jerk is awful. I'm. Tra- I, I love The Jerk. I. I really. I was like. I was. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, well, you're never gonna what, watch the show, but how, I'm telling you, his newest show right now is great, and yeah. he is great in it. How Derek is is me with Tom Holland today. I say yeah, that. Yeah, I say this stuff, Tom and Holland. people are like, "What? What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "I." 
do I live in a different dimension than you? I just think the Maybe. level of hatred you have for Tom Holland is unhealthy. I don't, I don't understand how you could hate Tom Holland. He hasn't been around long enough. I've he's Steve, done three Spider-Man movies. That was enough. Right, well, Steve Martin's been around my whole life, and I feel like yeah. I've given this guy decades worth of opportunity, and it, I just don't don't get it. Hmm. So, yeah. No, well, but I I bring that up just for the sake of there are sometimes that there is an actor where you feel like you are in another fucking realm yeah. of existence than other people. So I'm just, I'm sympathizing. Yeah. I know what you mean. And I should say, like, I like Steve Martin as a as a personality yeah. on a talk show. I'm just mm. not a fan of his, I just don't think his movies are very funny. They're mm. good. You know, he has that movie with the big long nose. Is that Roxanne? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, Roxanne. I yeah. watched that movie in school, you yeah. know, and I was like, this is a good movie for school. Yeah, It's sure. entertaining. But, but, I, but I'll also say, too. Just <laughs> Sean's like, yeah, keep fucking talking. No, no, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I don't care. No, but but what I do think is interesting, Derek, observation I've made just over the course of doing Movie Club is that I I have brought a lot of these 80s to me that are like almost like comfort movies. Like there's something to me that is so entertaining about these cheesy 80s comedies and things of that era. And I think that's Steve Martin's bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't think you're ever that into those kind of movies. That's just your, you were watching very different movies than me, I think in an earlier age, you know? So you're coming from a different background. Whereas like last two weeks with Conan, you know, that was your, that was such a Derek, you know, uh, uh, movie to bring to the table, you know? So I I don't know. I, I take it as like Steve Martin's just part of that, that, you know, that yeah. whole era of movies. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't throw out a whole era of movies. I'm going to keep it sure. just specific to Steve Martin films. Sure, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, he uh, he always struck me as somebody who shouldn't be famous. Wow, you wow. know, like he doesn't. Wow. In, in my opinion, <laughs> he doesn't have the X factor. This he's, is me with Tom Holland. I'm very, telling you. Okay, all right. Maybe I no. should watch some Tom Holland films. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I've never seen one. I mean, they're, he's fine. Uh, <laughs> Tom Holland's good-looking young fellow. It's he fine. he looks very athletic. I'm sure, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he just seemed very normal. You know, like not especially funny. He's he's not bad. Steve Martin's not bad. Mm. I'm not gonna say he's bad. I'm not gonna criticize him, but he's not that great. Mm. Yes, whatever. Steve Martin rant over. This has no bearing on Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's interesting. I just, you know, he, to me, has always been like a grandpa figure where it's like, oh, look at this guy. He's got the white hair. And I I never like, yeah, I I like Steve. I I love John Candy. I love John Candy. I love, you know, what are some other classic comedy actors? Uh, Bill Murray. I love Bill Murray. Yeah. We watched uh, um, Family Vacation, National Lampoon's Vacation. That was like my first exposure to Chevy Chase. I'm like, Chevy Chase is fucking funny. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Not Steve Martin. Sorry. Wow. He's not he doesn't go in the class with those guys. Interesting. Was he on SNL? I don't I don't Steve think Martin? he was. Uh he I thought he hosted it like a billion. I think times I think he something. might as well have been a member because he yeah. was on so many Never times. funny enough to be on the cast. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was too successful, but sure, that's oh, fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> whatever. So today we're watching Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Talking about it, uh stars Steve Martin and Michael Caine. Yeah. Another stinker. No, so, just kidding. Sorry, not to not to keep going back to that, but I, I think he wasn't on SNL because he had the number one comedy of all time, number one comedy album of all time mm-hmm. uh, at at that time. That yeah, but have you up. listened to that album? It's not no. funny. No. I listen to it. It's half. No, I don't funny. care about his stand. I don't care if it's number one because that just means everybody in America in the late seventies was unfunny. Listening to that album. Now we're on a Steve Martin talk, but like the first half is just him in a little club, and it's I think before he got really famous, and oh, that half okay. is good. And the second half is like he's like 
the most famous and everything he says is like it's a huge laugh yeah. and it's like oh, now you lost it yeah yeah you're see you're describing something and i just fail to comprehend it steve martin became the most famous funny man on yes, earth and the point where everything he said was getting a laugh yeah i cannot this does not compute <laughs> This is not my reality. I don't Derek, I don't understand Derek, this. Derek, well, I have people every day telling me who the best Spider-Man is okay. and I can't deal with it. You're making you, me you're making me like Tom Holland. You no, are, I'm honestly I'm saying I'm just talking about to, him so much. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm starting to get interested. I'm you, trying to sympathize. Your level you. of disdain for Tom Holland is like my level of disdain for Chris Pratt before everyone started it's hating Chris Pratt. Just this wormy like sheepish. Wormy? Kid. He's just yeah, this he's kid. Just, oh, and never he's the coolest spider-man i'm over here I'm, I'm spider-man. who's who's your favorite spider-man i don't think any of the live action ones have been very well good. then how can you yeah. have an opinion yeah, then why, why is Tom Holland so worse than the others no, i didn't say that i just think they all suck yeah but you really focus yeah, on tom holland i mean you're honing yeah. in on tom holland because i think he's the worst of the of the ones they've done but they're all bad but they're all yes. bad yeah okay worst of, of the, the pile just, of shit they just keep the getting worse one. they just okay. keep getting worse is, okay yeah. is why i'm disappointed you're making a lot of friends today i just in the chat. this is the hot take episode you just I, I just think i just don't care about spider-man at all i think that's the thing is like i don't care who the fuck i is think it could be is. cool i don't think any of the live action ones were that great so yeah and okay. steve martin wouldn't be any better i'll i'll we could agree on that mm. yeah he'd be the worst he'd be a good villain though <laughs> he'd just do his comedy act as spider-man has to <laughs> plug his mouth up with web Sorry, he's not that bad. I'm no. I'm Josh in here. Steve Martin's actually great. No, Tom Holland is that bad. My God, I just, I just what the fuck? I'm kidding. Jeez, I feel bad for this poor kid. Yeah, this poor you know, kid. I mean, like, yeah, he gets yeah, millions of dollars, millions of dollars, and every Chicks, girl in the world loves him. But Rocco doesn't like him. That pro- that probably stings. Stars in every action movie, every dream film. That's what it is. This dude is Spider Man and Nathan Drake, and Rocco's jealous. Wait, he wants to be Tom Holland. Rocco was Nathan Drake once, yeah, a long time ago. And Rocco's like, why didn't they give me I the role? The part more than him. They, Tom Holland stole his part. I do agree, Rocco. They, you did like the part more than he did. Yeah, but hey, still, hey, professional jealousy. People reached it. out to me about that. They were like, "Yo, I know you. You look like a fat Nathan Drake, but I would still rather have that than that guy." And I was like, "Thank you so much, man." You called me fat, but I still appreciate you. Mm. Okay. Well, back to this movie. Thanks for watching, everybody. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think we have time for one more. One thing. more question. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels <laughs> opens um, in a hotel room, and you just see these hands holding uh, pearls, and you kind of hear, it's Michael Caine. It's so recognizable. Yeah. Um, there's only one Michael Caine voice. There's only one Michael Caine voice, and it sounds like this. It's Whoa, Michael oh, Caine. I guess there's two. Well, it's Michael right. Caine. I they think want, my voice is the best Michael Caine. They want to watch the world burn. <laughs> Um, and the film opens, basically it's Michael Caine and you know, the movie's called Dirty Rotten Scoundrel. So, you know, pretty much out the gate, this is a film about con artists or guys who are up to no good. And he is masquerading as a prince of a foreign country. And it's not quite clear which country it is, but these pearls that the movie's focusing on, you know, whoever's giving them to him is saying, I hope this helps your cause, you know, like he's a freedom fighter. Mm hmm. We get another opening scene where we get to see kind of his uh, his con play out. And basically he goes and he finds wealthy looking women who are by themselves and he becomes the mysterious man. He sits down next to them and you know he finds them in a casino, whatever they bet on, he bets on. And when he inevitably loses, he starts like gambling his jewelry and he right. has a friend who comes up and tells him like, no, sir, no, your highness, not the royal jewelry. Mm-hmm. And Michael Caine will 
runoff, you know, and now the woman is all interested. interested and wants to find him. And uh, and she comes out to find him. And this, to me, is where the movie kind of kicked in with its comedy, right out the gate. Because Michael Caine is pretending like he doesn't want to talk to this woman. He's pretending like he doesn't want to reveal too many secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we know this is a con. And well, it's a sign of a great con artist. Like, have them come to you. Yeah. That means you're good. And the movie is kind of slapsticky. Like yes. out the gate because he's like grabbing her and pushing her into some bushes to <laughs> yes. talk, which is funny. Yeah. And then he's like, I have to go. And he just like runs off and his friend who's a police chief will come and grab her and push her into like another set of bushes. Be like, <laughs> what did he tell you? <laughs> um, which to its credit, a lot of this movie had really funny setups that were not overdone. And that was an example, like yeah. the bush pushing sequence. Right. And again, they didn't, I think they don't, they didn't do it again. Just that one scene, but it was right. funny in that one scene. Yeah. You're, as you're saying, yes. So he gets the money and, you know, then we kind of see him laughing it off after the fact. The next day, they're like splitting up their profits and Michael Caine takes some money and he, here's his setup. He has a friend who is legitimately the chief of police in some small French town. Mm -hmm. And he has another friend who is his assistant slash butler and a couple other guys he hangs out with, but they're not really main characters. And they all keep up this um charade that Michael Kane is a member of uh, some foreign royalty then they're engaged in some conflict some military conflict and he's look he's trying to raise money to to save his country which works out you know for his con because he is he lives in a palace like he lives in a mansion like his cons have gotten him very far in life like this is a obviously working for him yeah to the point where he clearly doesn't need to do this he just does it cuz it's fun for him you know yeah yeah did you want to say anything about the Michael Caine? Oh no! Opening? No, I, I, all I was gonna say was that it's Michael Caine's one of those actors. I thought like, oh, he did this movie when he was younger or whatever. He's like fifty five when he did this. It's like he's another one of those actors that's like been an old guy forever. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Uh, when I was watching The Godfather recently, it was like you know Abe Vigoda. It's like this. He's an old man in this too. He was an old man, and he was an old man when, before he died a year ago. You know, he's been an old man since the seventies. How does Michael Caine now? If he's fifty five and eighty eight. That's old. He was a young old man in this movie. Now he's an old, old man. Yeah. 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 Damn. Anyway. So Michael Caine, uh, that's his con. That's what he does. That's his character. He decides to go to a town on the French Riviera to, you know, vacation and do some more, you know, just continue living his life. And while he's on a train to this destination, we meet Steve Martin's character who comes in and is also a con man, but is obviously like a much shittier con man. <laughs> He's like the opposite of Michael Caine. Well, they're you both know? con men. But well, yeah, but, but yeah. you know, like the, their style of being a con man is like the opposite. Yeah, where Michael Caine is suave and has this air of wealth and importance. Steve Martin comes with a sob story like, oh, he's crying. His grandmother needs an operation. And he's mm. basically his shtick is he's so pathetic. He gets women to feel sorry for him and buy him food and buy him <laughs> drinks and buy him clothes. And just ba- basically treat some as sugar mamas. Right. So Michael Caine witnesses Steve Martin run this scam on a woman in the dining car. Um, and then they're on a train later, and they, they're sharing a train cab, right? Yeah. yeah. I think Steve Martin honestly just breaks into his de- you know, yeah. saying like, oh, I have first-class ticket too, even though he doesn't, probably. Yeah, and Michael Caine doesn't come out right away and say that he's a con artist. In fact, he hides that fact from Steve Martin. He basically mm-hmm. says, like, I saw what you were doing with that woman over there. And Steve Martin starts to brag, like, oh, yeah, I take these women for all kinds of money. You know, it's real fun. I'm a hot shot. 
And he kind of drops the fact that he's going to the same town that Michael Caine is going to, presumably to prey on all the women there. Mm. Uh, so Michael Caine kind of excuses himself. He's pretending to be a family man. And the next thing we know, the train arrives at this town and this beautiful woman comes on. And suddenly Steve Martin doesn't want to get off the train because this woman is going to a different town. In fact, she's going to a town that Michael Caine suggested Steve Martin go to, Mm -hmm. which is a weird coincidence. Uh, So Steve Martin ends up following this woman away. And then it's revealed that the woman worked for Michael Caine, that when he went to call his family, he actually called his con artist friends and played a con on Steve Martin. Trying to get him out of his area, his zone. Yeah, where he and, works. and this ends up kind of being the like trick of the whole movie. These guys are constantly trying to outdo one another. They're constantly trying to, well, Michael Caine is trying to get Steve Martin out of his hair, and Steve Martin is trying to take what Michael Caine has, capitalize and, and become Michael Caine, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're always one-upping each other. It's a real game of cat and mouse. It is. So, like, you know, Steve Martin eventually... He gets arrested in that town, if I remember correctly, in this order. Yeah. Not quite yet, but okay. yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, uh, he just comes back to the new town with, like, he's in a convertible with a woman. Like, he right. did the con and then decided to come back to this town. Correct. Uh, so Michael Caine's plan didn't work. And then his new plan is to get Steve Martin arrested. Mm-hmm. So he uses his uh, police lieutenant friend to go to that woman and sh- t- take her on tour to follow Steve Martin to show him all the ways he's been spending the money. Mm-hmm. It's not on his sick grandma. He's living the life. Right, 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 right. And he's like, you want to press charges? She says yes. So Steve Martin is thrown in jail. Right. Uh, I guess that jail scene of him trying to remember the name of Michael Caine's character was improvised. Yeah, there was a lot of improv. You could tell, movie. too. Yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of it was just them yeah. fucking around. I was just going to say, I'm like trying to desperately remember. We keep calling him Steve Martin and Michael Cam. I'm like, yeah. what the, what the, they what the hell were the characters? Have like, they have like fake names. What, what are their at one point, he goes by Rupricht. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. To be real, this is going <laughs> to way inside. Our printer broke and I, I had notes I was going to print out and write, but I, I can't have to. I mean, my character, she is usually here, but <laughs> our printer is not working. So. Guys, this is what, we're, and welcome to the digital age. Now nah, he's here got his laptop like a real son So what were the characters' names, Mr. Digital? Chris. Chris? Yeah. Welcome to the digital age. Uh, oh, what no. the hell? Chris and Steve Martin? Hold on, I'm torrenting the movie. Let me. What uh, wasn't fuck? it uh, Lawrence? Yeah, Lawrence has got to be one. Lawrence Jameson or something? No. Lawrence. This is the. This Freddie is the, Benson and Lawrence Jameson. Whoa! How Derek. about that? Lawrence Jameson. Damn, dude. Is Very uh, good. And Freddie Benson. I mean, it's a funny scene. There's, I, To its credit, Steve Martin's a funny guy uh, in this scene. I like his improv. I was digging the movie, honestly, up up through this part. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he's in jail. He gets Michael Caine to come bail him out. And they basically make a deal. Like I, Michael Caine says, I can only bail you out if you promise to leave town because I'm a member of royalty. I can pull some strings here with the police, but we're, we're basically going to bribe them. You know, so you have to leave town. You got to send me $5,000 by tomorrow and you need to get out of here. And Steve Martin agrees to do it. So he's put on a plane, and as it would happen, coincidentally, he's on the same plane with the woman that Michael Caine ran the con on at the beginning of the movie. And she's like, oh, you know the prince. Oh, you know um, his majesty. And Steve Martin realizes, like, oh, this guy's a con artist. Yeah, he fucking conned this woman, and he conned me. Yeah. So Michael Caine thinks he's won, but Steve Martin shows up at his house and basically explains, like, I know what you're doing. I'm on to you. Yeah. 
And, and Michael Caine even says, like, all right, like, you got me. Like, what do you want? And he just turns around, like, this crazy villa and this, like, view of the ocean. He's like, I want this. Yeah. yeah. I want this. <laughs> yeah. So he basically says, teach me your ways. Train me. Um, what were you going to say? Well, this, to me, was a wasted opportunity because you have a cameo here that is so valuable, and they relegate this poor... One of the one of my favorite actors, and he's relegated to the butler in these parts. Oh yeah, Ian McDiarmid, Aka Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, is the help at Michael Caine's. When house. I I watched this with uh, Jenny and Emma Beckett, and yeah. I was like, "Hey, that's Palpatine," and Beckett lost yeah. his mind over that. <laughs> I honestly, I'd never seen him in another movie. Yeah, so it was me neither. Like, I don't think I have either. What, what's going on? Yeah. This was post Return of the Jedi too. I mean, it was not. He was know. getting the big roles at this point, <laughs> height of his career. <laughs> yeah. I guess he was more of a like theater guy. Like he did a lot of Shakespeare and stuff. I like could that, see but that. Why? Okay. Why is he the butler here? He should be the. No, he, he should have been the emperor in this too. It's a good role. If there was an emperor, he would have been great. He yeah. should have been the final prankster. Like you find out, there's a worse one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Michael Caine doesn't want to have Steve Martin around, but he agrees to train him. But I think just to get rid of him, right? Yeah. Like, just like but his, make him happy. Yeah. His plan is like, I'm going to make him so miserable that he wants to go away because yeah. that's, and to its credit, this movie's uh, really good with their characters because that's Michael Caine's whole character. I'm not going to force you to do anything. I'm a con artist. I'm going to make you think that's your idea. Mm-hmm. So they start running the con together, the royalty con together on these women. But now when it comes to blowing these women off and getting them out of of your life after you've taken their money. The new plan is Michael Caine is the prince and he has a brother. This woman, you know, she feels like a romantic attachment to two princes, but it turns out the brother played by Steve Martin is a character named Ruprecht who is to put it mildly, severely mentally challenged. It was okay. Here's cause I saw this and I was like, Hmm, how does this play in 2022? And Steve Martin is, it's a really fine line. I feel like he's definitely, he definitely is mentally challenged, but it's like severely is this <laughs> like, it's like, is this extremely offensive or is he just being wacky? Ah, uh, I don't know. Like I, there's times where like, Ooh, this maybe is, this is, <laughs> I don't know if this plays <laughs> today. That's just my thought. I don't know. I don't know what you thought. Yeah. All that kind of stuff is always tricky to navigate you know right yeah ah uh, yeah you know you're right he's severely <laughs> it's, it's it's offensive it's offensive um i mean i don't think that they would make this movie today or if they yeah. remade this movie that scene would be changed yeah i think a lot of scenes in this movie would be changed but it definitely was not offensive well it was offensive in the 80s when it was made but it wasn't as offensive correct it was acceptable for a comedy movie and to its credit, like Steve Martin, he does play it so goofy. You kind of do have to laugh because it's so bad. And right. then it's like, it's well, such a bad idea. Well, the movie's yeah, yeah. called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah. So you, you've I been mean, given the context. Here is a guy being a dirty rotten scoundrel. Yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's like eh, in 2022, nobody would even touch this mm-hmm. with a 10 foot pole. Mm-hmm. And. Is it that funny? It's debatable how funny it actually is. The Rupert <laughs> scenes, but you know, whatever. There are well, it, they are funny in the sense of you know, Steve Martin doesn't want to be doing this sometimes. Yeah, and so when it's like you know, they're all eating this nice dinner, and he's at the little kids' table eating like the shitty food. Like you know, it's that, you see Michael King fucking with him 
as he's <laughs> being this character yeah, of Luke Brick. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Hmm. Well, even if it's not funny, it's justified in a story context because yes, Michael Caine yeah. is trying to get rid of Steve Martin without Steve Martin realizing it. So right. he's like, I have a role for you to play. Play my mentally challenged brother and like smear food on your face and hit yourself with a fly swatter and just, right. you know, be every bad <laughs> stereotype you can imagine. Yeah. So uh, this this the con works. It works like a charm. And when it comes time to split up the money, Steve Martin doesn't get any because they tell him, no, you're here for training. We're just educating you. And that outrages him. So he um, basically walks out like, I'm not going to do this anymore. So Michael King got his way. Yeah. Done deal. Case closed. <laughs> yeah. Except Steve Martin is not going to leave town. Mm. He's like, eh, I, you know what? I'm going to do what you do. I'm just going to do it without you. And Michael Caine's like, well, no, like we can't allow that. You know, he's slowly starting to become more forceful with what his true intention is. Get the fuck out of my town. So this is where the movie kind of really kicks in. This is where it kind of gets to its point. Right. And what it's all about. These two con artists come to a gentleman's agreement. We're both here on vacation. We're both here trying to make a living. This town isn't big enough for the both of us. One of us has to leave. How are we going to figure this out? Let's do a competition. Let's see who the better con artist is. We'll agree upon the terms. And whoever completes the con first is the winner. And the other person leaves. They decide to target a young single woman to see who can get $50,000 out of her as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's really like what the movie is about. We're yeah. like 40 minutes into the movie and this mm-hmm. is like what the rest of the movie ends up being. Right. And you know, I think that it did a good job of like, you know, the characters very well by this point. Yeah. So when you get to the actual plot, you already know how it's going to go down. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Um, I love when they come up with this scene, this kind of banter of like, okay, what are we going to do? Oh, they recognize that girl. She's kind of famous. They say she's like a model for a soap company and they know she famously won a ton of money. So they're like, why don't we go after her? Michael Caine tells Steve Martin like, well, isn't she a little young? And he, Steve Martin's like, what's the matter? Out of your league? And, and Michael Caine goes, all right, fine, we'll do it. But uh, how about we get like uh, $50,000 out of her? And Steve Martin's like, really? Like 50, that much money? And he's like, what's the matter? Out of your league? <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> love the back and forth, mm-hmm. the cat and mouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're constantly one upping each other. Yeah, it feels like this movie is where this is where it like earns its title, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Caine tries to do his like regular con, uh, where he sneaks up to her, slides up to her at the betting table and places the bets where she bets. But this time things go wrong because they keep winning. Right, which is hilarious. Yeah. And his con hinges on him losing, and that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and while he's there winning a ton of money. Steve Martin comes up in a wheelchair covered in military garb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which again, this is like stolen valor and impersonating somebody who is disabled. <laughs> Nothing that's going to fly in 2022. But, but again, uh, as Rocco said, it is called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah. yeah. Like you said it. In the yeah. Title. There's some low shit happening here. Yes. <laughs> and he basically uh, plays his sob story for the girl. But this is a sob story on a grander scale because he is a paralyzed veteran. He still has the sick grandmother. Um, but to his credit, I did think this was pretty funny. He explains that he's paralyzed because he has mental trauma 
because he was a professional dancer and he caught his fiance having sex on the dance floor of a television dance competition with the host of the show. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound funny when I say it, but when he says it, it was actually a, a pretty funny scene. It's very <laughs> elaborate too. Like what a like. <laughs> It'd be so much easier to say they got like hurt in a war or something like that, but yeah. he didn't say yeah. that. Or a car accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they say it was crazy. It's an elaborate con. And at this point, it looks like he is going to win the bet because he is getting this girl to fall in love with him. And she's like, well, I can pay for your procedure maybe. And he's like, oh, it's very expensive. It's a German uh, doctor. He's very elusive. Well, lo and behold, Michael Caine shows up playing the German doctor, uh-huh. just pretending Which, to be. That, I think vacation. that scene is great, where it's yeah. like I, I found the doctor, and he's like, "What?" And then opens the door, and it's Michael Caine as with a German accent. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, and they kind of go back and forth for the rest of the movie with this one con with these two characters. It might even be a criticism of the movie. Because I watched it with a group and some other people were like, you know, I was enjoying the movie up until that point. But then they became those characters and just stayed. Those yeah, they couldn't characters. change again. They stayed those characters yeah. for the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. which I didn't mind. But it was kind of like a, a shifting of gears. Yeah, sure. they yeah. were. They I were could see that doing this, doing that, this con, that con. Now you're Rupric. Now you're this person. And then we're just these two characters for the rest of the yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um. You know, I think people out there should watch the movie. I don't want to spoil too much of it unnecessarily because I feel like this is where the movie kind of just gets into a situational comedy, right? Steve Martin is pretending to be paralyzed. Michael Caine is pretending to be his doctor. And they are both trying to get the affection slash money of the woman. And they also, I mean, there's a scene like they both know that they are locked in though, which I think there is humor in that where it's like, Steve Martin is paralyzed, can't feel anything on his yeah. legs. So Michael Caine keeps hitting him in the legs. Yeah. I think what is genius about this movie is Michael Caine's treatment as the doctor for Steve Martin to cure his fake illness is to treat him as bad as possible. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. keeps telling the girl, like, the problem he has is all in his mind. So we need to make him so jealous. We need to make him dying to join us in our fun that he can't stand it and his legs start to work. Yeah. <laughs> so he's... Always punishing Steve Martin and always basically flirting and seducing this girl. Yeah. Uh, and it's really funny. It is really funny. Yeah. You know, the, the, later on, there's a scene where they're in like this dance hall and they make him go there and he's in his military gear in the wheelchair. And then Michael Caine just keeps being the biggest dick to Steve Martin. <laughs> but behind Steve Martin is like guys from the Navy. Yeah. And Michael Caine is coming. Steve Martin's in a wheelchair. Michael Caine is dancing with his girlfriend like jealous why don't you come and join us why don't you just get out of your chair and join us and then dances away and the mili- <laughs> the navy guys steve martin's wearing a military garb they pat him on the shoulder like i can't believe he fucking said that to what you. what a fucking dick <laughs> you're here in a wheelchair and he's making fun of your condition uh yeah that was really funny very funny yeah <laughs> I, I just like there's a thousand different situations like that where they put these characters in which is funny like yeah i don't know so by the end of the movie, as it goes on, it moves into the third act. Michael Caine actually starts to have a change of heart. He sees that this girl, I don't remember her name. Do you remember her name? Rocco, you, what do you, what do you uh, got? What does that internet have for us? Um, hmm. 
This might take me a minute. Oh, All right. Well, I, didn't girl, I didn't have this ready. She has a heart of gold because she's actually willing to pay for this procedure, $50,000. And then she's so he, generous. He finds out that like she has to borrow money from her dad and she doesn't have this money. He thought she was like a soap heiress yeah. who has all this money, but that's not the case. She doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah, she won a prize and she's going to give it all away to help this guy who she just met. Michael King can't believe she's so good. He has a change of heart. He doesn't want to take her money. He doesn't want to do the bet anymore. So Steve Martin's like, well, I won. Leave town. And Michael mm-hmm. Caine's like, well, I'm not leaving town. You still need to leave town. We need to make another bet. And it becomes, in classic 80s fashion, who can have sex with the girl? Well, with what I like about this part. This was actually classy, yeah. Because Michael Caine was like, look, I don't want to have sex with this girl. I'm above that. But I say you can't do it. So if you can, you win. If you can't, I win. Yeah, he's like, I'm not competing to beat you. I'm only betting that you fail. And I'm going to work against you Which, to make sure you fail. I'm glad they went that route because that is definitely more in tune of his character. Like he wouldn't succumb to that. He's too classy. Yeah. And it comes back and forth. It goes again back and forth. As a doctor, you can't have sex with him. It would ruin his procedure. And, you know, let's just fast forward to the end. It sure. looks like Michael Kane is losing the bet. It looks like Steve Martin is going to score with this girl and take her money and all of that. Yeah, I, I think her name is Janet. Janet, Janet that is her Janet, name. Yeah. Janet Colgate. Starts with Something a J, like yes. Yeah. Um, so Michael Caine, you know, Janet comes to him and says like, he was a con artist. Steve Martin was a con artist. We had sex and he stole all my money, blah, blah, blah. And Michael Caine's like, you know what? I'm going to give you the $50,000. You're going to take this. I'm just going to get, I'm going to make everything right. And she really doesn't want to do it, but he forces her to, and she gets on a plane. He puts her on a plane. He sends her back to America. He's like, forget all this ever happened. And right before she leaves, she goes, you know what? I can't take your money. Take it back. Here you go. I love you. Not I love you, but thank yeah, thanks thank for you. everything. Au revoir. And she takes off, and he just can't believe, like, wow, what an amazing woman. And as she's mm-hmm. in the air, Steve Martin comes running up, like, handcuffed, disheveled, like, stop her! In a bathrobe. Stop her! Turns out, she robbed him. Oh, my God. Michael Caine's like, I don't believe it. How? Why would she? She just gave me back the money. Steve Martin's like, open up that bag. He opens it up. The bag is empty. It's full of, actually, Steve Martin's clothes, which he was just, yeah. he, he desperately needed. Oh. And there's a yeah. note in there. Turns out she was a con artist. This whole movie, actually, I failed to mention that they've been reading in the newspaper that somebody named the Jackal has been terrorizing right. the French oh. Riviera. They thought it was Steve Martin, but it turns out it was Janet the Jan- whole time. Janet, Janet the Jackal. She Damn was it. the dirty, rotten scoundrel. Yeah. In a twist at the end of the movie, though, they're sitting there contemplating what to do, and Janet, in disguise, comes up pretending to be a real estate agent uh, hosting a, a, a like a Greek a real estate mogul who wants to buy some property. And she basically starts running the next con, but this time they're going to do it together. All three of them. So all's well that ends well. Yes. So where's the sequel that had more scoundrels in it? That's I'm still waiting on that. Yeah. Dirtier, rottener scoundrels. scoundrels. Yeah. So that's the movie. Well, this is funny, Derek. I cannot wait to hear your review. Okay. I want to know, you hate Steve Martin, and Steve Martin was extra Steve Martin in this movie, I thought. But I liked that part of it. But what what did you think? Uh, Well, I mean, why don't you give it? Okay, well, yeah, I picked it. You picked it. I picked this movie. um, You know, watched it on the plane once, I said before. Didn't really pay attention. Watched it this time. I enjoyed the entire thing. I had fun. Is it the most, like, appropriate movie ever? No. But, like, again, the title says it is what it is. Um... 
I think this movie is great. I really liked it. It's a classic 80s movie. In my mind, I would give this a four shaker review from me. I think nice. Every person in this movie is great. Cool. Mm. Uh, well, I will say this is probably my favorite Steve Martin movie okay. that I've ever seen. Oh, wow, that's, that's good. All right. So that being said, I will give it three shakers out of five. Mm-hmm. Solid movie. Solid All right. movie. Anything I don't like about Steve Martin is uh, more than made up for by Michael Caine. So they oh. kind of offset each other. Fair enough. But I really liked the cat and mouse aspect of it. Yeah. My, I was just, I felt like, you know, Steve Martin's comedy bits being mentally challenged and all of his other comedy bits, I kind of thought were a little lame. Mm. They weren't funny to me, but they made sense story-wise. And so I enjoyed them because right. I was like, oh, you outsmarted Michael Caine. Well, now he outsmarted you. Oh, wait, you outsmarted him. I wasn't laughing necessarily, but I was entertained. You know, I was reading that uh, when it came to uh, the Golden Globe Awards for this year, Michael Caine was nominated for Best Comedy Actor, but not Steve Martin. And everyone was shocked by that because Steve Martin was more, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, animated. Yeah. Slapsticky. Slapsticky. But Michael Caine played it so cool that he got the nomination and not Steve Martin. So maybe that's because of what you're saying. Definitely. I find Michael Caine is infinitely funnier being an uptight con man who has honor and doesn't want to lose that honor. Right. It's like he has these rules that he made up yeah. for no reason, but that's just what, who and, he is. And he, to see him not to see him stick to that code of honor and try to beat Steve Martin, it's hilarious. Like you said, Steve Martin's pretending to be paralyzed. So Michael Caine just does a whole scene where he pretends to be a foot doctor and plays with his feet. And he's just tickling him and like whipping him. But it's all done so seriously. Right. Because Michael Caine's not being slapsticky. He's being a guy like, I need to get you to understand that you need to leave without telling you. Right. So I'm going to fuck with your feet. And it's really <laughs> funny. Yeah. Anyways, Rocco, what's your review? Uh... You know, um, like I mentioned, I, I went through a bunch of Steve Martin movies at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, this one, this one, I, I actually would say I only just recently out of that stack, I just got to Three Amigos just mm. recently. And I really liked it. Um, now, so I'm going to review that. I'm not reviewing this. <laughs> okay. No, but uh, I think I liked that one actually maybe more than this actually wasn't my favorite of the bunch, but. I did enjoy them playing off each other. Um, it was a good concept. It was, you know, I thought it was solid. I'd probably give it, I'd give it a three, but a very solid three. Um, mm -hmm. Again, and, and when it comes to 80s comedy, this is pretty par for the course, you know, um, and I really enjoyed it. But I actually did. I liked Three Amigos better. I think I liked The Jerk better, too. I don't think, I've never seen The Jerk. I'm yeah. interested to watch that someday, but, huh. All right. Well, that was Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I think it made $32 million back in the day. I don't know what the budget was. I'm assuming not that much because this is a kind of smaller movie. I know that they got Michael Caine to do this because they told him, you're just going to live in France for three months. And we, I think he stayed in a villa. And on either side of the villa was like Roger Moore was on one side and some other guy was on the other side, but Michael Caine was like best friends with both of them. So I got to live oh. with my best friends for three months to get paid for it. Okay. See, uh, so I want to be an it. actor. I know, dude. When, when I'm 55, I'm going to be making movies like this. I'm yeah. on it now. I thought it was interesting. This movie was made by Frank Oz. I didn't yeah. know. When the, I was yeah. shocked so, to see that. Oh, for Okay, Steve, you're going to be mentally challenged it sounds in like this scene. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Just and now. Disabled action, you will be. Action. 
How few of you? Rocco, um, what's the next did you movie? Guys, did you guys ever see Little Shop of Horrors? Never. Uh, I've never yeah. seen that movie. Oh, well, which one? I've seen them both. Oh, yeah, Maybe yeah, They remake yeah. it every couple of years. I tried, I tried to buy one, and they sent me the other. That was my experience. when Steve I. Steve Martin's in one. Jack yeah. Nicholson's in the other. Yeah, yeah. Steve, yeah, the, the Steve Martin one. Yeah. No, never seen it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, exactly, honestly, Steve Martin movies. Was, am I right? That to me is a movie that was quoted in high school so much. Yeah, same with Rocket Our Picture Show. I've never seen it, but I've heard it said back to me so many times. I've always kind of stared yeah. like I don't want to get involved in this. No, it, yeah, it was, I don't even know what it's about. No, honestly, it not, not for me. Hmm. Uh, some really cool effects in it though. Okay. Um, next week. <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> I had to clear my throat. Okay, because it's important. This next. This next week, I had a couple things in mind that I wanted to do. One of them was another Steve Martin movie. Not going to do that. One of them was an Arnold movie. We just did that too. What was this? We got to break out. It doesn't matter now because I'm, I'm not curious. picking it. Okay. You know why even ask? So uh, sorry. There's kind of a cult classic movie that I always. It's it's not even that. I don't think it's. I don't even know if it's that big of a movie or if it did well. But every now and then it comes up. And they just did a re-release of it recently. And I was like, you know what? I just want to check this out. It's called The Final Countdown. And I think I'm get I have I don't think I've ever I've seen bits and pieces of it. Because I think my my parents were really into it, like back way back in the 80s or 90s or whatever. But I think it's the premise of it is like a plane goes for a ride and shows up in a different time or something like that. I don't I've know. Never heard of I'm this. guessing that could be not what never it's about. At all. The yeah. final countdown. The final it's countdown. The final countdown. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. That's, that might they be wrote in the it. Song for this movie. Oh my god, what that, if they did? That might be in it. I don't know, but it's got Kirk Douglas, Martin Sheen, James. I know you guys are big James Ferentino nuts, so uh, we're gonna watch that next time. See what, what year did this come out? Uh, 1980. Ooh, let me see. I don't know. It's another 80s thing. All right. I think. Yeah, 